Welcome to the show. This week, I'm going to be reviewing the Myths and Legends podcast. I'm very excited. I've got my first guest reviewer joining me. I'm going to have my buddy Jeff on the line from LA. I've just figured out how to record over Skype using a really nice piece of software called the Call Recorder from a company called Ecamm Network. It's it's pretty good quality so far. I know Skype can be a little funky at times, but uh, when it works, it's good. When I was training as a journalist back in the early 90s, you had to have a phone line directly into the radio studio to record interviews and guests down the line, which meant you had to scramble to book your time slots in rooms in actual brick-and-mortar buildings. And then you had to get your interview done before some other clown crashed into the room, And the person you were interviewing had to also be tethered to their phone and location at the right time. And you'd spend like the first five, ten minutes of the conversation having them close windows, try and go to different rooms, stop eating soup, etc, etc. Either that or you had to go and record the interview yourself in person, which meant traveling with a heavy portable tape machine called a Marantz. And uh, the Marantz recorded on actual quarter-inch tape. And then you'd have to lug the tape back to the studio and dub and edit your sound bites and clips into your news package on a Ewa reel-to-reel editing machine, physically marking the tape up with a Chinagraph pencil and cutting it with a razor blade. And of course, often as not, some Rodney will have borrowed your good Chinagraph pencil, so you'd have to crawl around on the floor in the sound studio to find a usable nubbing of yellow Chinagraph lead, often little more than a little sliver, like a toenail. Or if you were stuck and you couldn't even find even that, you'd have to get creative and mark the tape with some other improvised stain. I think I used a stick of Kit Kat once, wiping off the chocolate after each cut. I got away with it that time because it was just a short edit, maybe four or five simple clips, not some insane 30-cut epic that would have smeared chocolate all over the machine. Mooshum, this is not Willy Wonka's chocolate sand booth. Wow, those were the days... I was probably part of the last generation to learn that skill. And then, poof, digital editing. Those old machine skills are now obsolete. And I use Audacity to edit. And my studio is anywhere I can open my laptop or pull out my phone. I'm loving Audacity, by the way. I used to use SoundForge to record my stuff in the past, and I never thought I'd use anything else. But... Soundforge has got expensive and Audacity is free. And I've yet to feel like I'm really missing anything. Okay, so let's see. What happened this week? I got an email from an anthropologist, an Oscar Meyer from the Museum of Natural History, and he says I'm getting it all wrong about the length of time humanity has been wearing shoes. I guess I've been saying over 2,000 years in the sponsor message at the end of the show. He contends that I should be saying over 40,000 years, and he cites a study by Professor Eric 
Trinkhouse, who has looked at bone density in human skeletons dating all the way back, and he noted that big toes started getting smaller 40,000 years ago. So he theorizes that it must have been because we started wearing shoes of some kind rather than going barefoot. It makes sense. Thanks a lot for listening to the show, Oscar, and I stand corrected. He then goes on to chastise me for not thinking and pulling 2,000 years out of my ass, saying that by doing so I am implicitly supporting the Christian hijacking of the Sapien calendar, ignoring the many thousands of years of human advancement and development that came before the Crusades. Okay, sorry about that too, point taken. I'll be more careful in the future. You know, we do have the misfortune to live in a Christian dominant culture, and I suppose it contaminates and colonizes us all to some extent, even if we don't realize it. For bad and also good, maybe. On the bad side, Trump, Republicans, the idea that thoughts and prayers are an adequate response to anything, the inability to prosecute and dismantle the Catholic Church Corporation for the ongoing and never-ending cover-up of child rape. And on the plus side, well, um, I suppose I'm enjoying that uh, Trader Joe's is nice and empty on Sunday mornings. And there's, um, well, Mormons are really funny. I think we can all agree about that. In a creepy sort of way, but still a total hoot. So yeah, always good to get feedback. Please keep it coming. Right, what was next? Oh yeah, Carl, my big brother called. He's had a very interesting idea. Yeah, I'll play you this clip. This is Andy's phone. Leave a message. Hey, Drew. Uh, I heard the last show. Uh, I like how you dealt with the coroner from Missouri. Good job. I'm enjoying it. But I think what the uh, show actually needs is a clear goal. At the moment, it's kind of all over the place. You need to cut out the space wafers and focus. Great things can happen when you attempt to do great things. I think you should tr- try and review every single podcast out there. Just look, just go big or go home. And I'm not saying it'll be easy or even possible. I mean, you're kind of slow at doing shit. Again, bro, marijuana lollipops. What is happening in DC? Anyway, it's the journey that's important and you need a quest, Don Quixote. Wow, bro. That could be a good idea. Reviewing every podcast in existence? I'm going to have to think about it. I know Hedge will approve. He's a big fan of the grand gesture, the epic and beautiful failure. His uh, current favourite movie obsession is Meek's Cut-Off, which is a masterwork, I'll give him that. It's full of enigmatic poetry and violently imploding hubris. But I'm not sure I need to watch it every week, or even twice. If I have to watch a western twice, it'd better be Bone Tomahawk or The Hateful Eight. I was out with Hedge uh, this week, actually. It was a really good night. Um, We went down the Art of Burning Man exhibition at the Renwick Gallery uh, downtown there uh, near the White House. Incredible stuff. You know, I thought Burning Man was just a bunch of trust fund hippies groping each other in the desert. But uh, it turns out there's a lot of art made there. It was a good night out. Saw the art, joined a bit of a protest outside the White House, then uh, went and hit the food trucks on Farragut Square. I recorded a bit of it, you know, always practicing, trying to find my way and hone my skills, but I think I might play a bit for you later. Anyway, onwards. It's... Review. 
How's it going, man? It's good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for putting me onto the show, Myth of Legends. And thanks for agreeing to review it with me. My first co-review. Nice. So, uh, what do you think of uh, what do you think of uh, my show so far? It's like episode five now. Um. Well, this bit will be good. I mean, you're in it, so so you know that's gonna be that's gonna be excellent. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks for the 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 holiday card, man. Well, you know, not as usual, not so much a card. It's a, a little little booklet we got there. Well, you know, I have nothing to do with that. It's awesome. I feel bad though because I feel like there's a couple of less pages than previously. Um, I, have we been like downgraded because we're not in California anymore? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, shipping rates. Shipping rates. They are. Right. So uh, if we'd be in California, we'd get the, the full-on 10-page. Yeah, you get the, uh, the, the, the deluxe edition. The deluxe 10-page. The deluxe edition holiday <laughs> card. With the, uh, with the jigsaw of your faces cut out of did you not? Did pine. you not get the crystal ornament? We didn't get the crystal ornament, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to talk to Heidi. Man, your kids are so cute. It's insane. It's crazy. How are they doing? They're good. They're good. Four and a half and almost two. Looking at the holiday card, uh, page 10 or 12, uh, it looks like you had a superhero birthday party for Beckett. Yeah, he had Superman and Wonder Woman come to his party. I was always terrified always. of people in costume. And really? Blaze, Blaze is the same. We went to a University of Maryland uh, volleyball game. And, uh, you know, the mascot of the University of Maryland is Testudo, this big turtle. Yeah, the big turtle. And there was a guy in a big turtle costume. And, and of course, the Maryland slogan is, fear the turtle. And Blaze really, really feared the turtle. He was like, <laughs> he wanted to get out of there he couldn't understand just it was just incredible it was like he was having a total breakdown a total psychotic break he couldn't understand why everyone's just like ignoring this guy and dressed as a giant turtle <laughs> like there's a monster at the side of the court and he keeps coming over and giving people high fives he was he was oh. quaking next to me he was just so terrified Beckett does okay with the costumes it's the animatronics that freak him out Every time we go to Chuck E. Cheese, oh. he's eyeing those robots like they're <laughs> like they're planning to take over. Well, you know that's 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 the problem with letting your kids watch Westworld. You know what I mean? I mean, Westworld well, isn't isn't for four year olds, Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't understand it, and uh, I mean it's a good introduction to uh, Anthony Hopkins. I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe start with Silence of the Lambs before you go to Westworld, though. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think I think wasn't Anthony Hopkins an Excalibur? Right. Great, good tie-in, man. Good tie-in. It all comes back to the Arthurian legends. It all comes back to the Arthurian legends. Perfect segue, Jeff. Thank you. Because today we're reviewing uh, Myths and Legends. Myths and Legends. By Jason and Carissa Weiser. Yeah. And um, this is this is one I know you love. I'm just going to tell the people who are listening a little bit about it. Jason's uh, a historian, and he uh, retells uh, classic myths and legends. 
uh, gives them a modern spin, unpacks them. You know, he goes to the original sources and, and kind of does a great job in narrating these tales and, you know, bringing them to life for the modern audience. You love, the, you love this show, don't you? I adore this show. I first saw it popping up in my recommended for me uh, feed on my, my podcatcher. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I, ever since I was a kid, I was, I was obsessed with mythology and, um, you know, whether it be the Egyptians or the Greeks. And so I decided to take a listen and I was literally expecting like a Ted talk on mythology. And I was really surprised. Uh, there was just this really great storytelling aspect of it. In fact, the first episode that I listened to was on trolls. Right. And it was uh, right around Halloween time. And so um, my nieces were over and my my son and I sat them all down and I retold them the story, leaving out the gorier parts. Right. That's that's the one where they have the, the corpse room in the barrow in yeah. the hill. That's a yeah, fabulous yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. You give me recommendations of what to listen to. And that was like the first one. Yes. After I listened to that, I just I basically dove in and devoured the entire back catalog. Yeah, it's great stuff. He's got such a, you know, he's got such humor as well. You know, he kind of sticks to the facts, but he's he's really tapping into that, um, not glib exactly, that kind of like sarcastic, uh, street smart retelling of old myths that kind of Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett and, um, you know, Monty Python have done. You know, that kind of like, you know, they take the classic stories, but kind of like point out the absurdities, but not to totally destroy them didn't you meet terry jones of monty python i did yeah yeah ah, what a yeah that was that was uh wow that was quite a while ago tell me about that yeah um it was like uh 2005 uh working in uh, the theater in birmingham the library theater this uh small little theater connected to the library like a council venue and that we'd have like book tours and all kinds of random stuff there, and I was like, well, you know, the one kind of techie uh, that would help people put there. When he was, he turned up with this book, you know, because he was a he's a full Oxford scholar historian, and uh, he had a book out like on medieval lives, and he was just such a great guy. Uh, he was just so um, happy to like talk about his Python days and stuff like that and you know at, at one point i i went and got some uh some after eight mints and i just said you know <laughs> i i just said do you want a mint and he was you know he just went straight into mr creosote he just went he just, <laughs> he just gave me the full-on fuck off i'm full you know it was just oh, it was just fabulous brilliant. and i was just laughing so much i couldn't still role play it but it was just like i mean he was just just a great guy so yeah the pythons were i think probably the first time i encountered the direct mining of uh, myth for uh, comedic and great storytelling you know they they did the holy grail and then they took on the jesus myth with the life of brian yeah then i guess you've got you know for me uh, terry pratchett you know read him not realizing he took his uh, death character wholesale from Greek mythology and the myth of Sisyphus in myth and legends in the podcast. I mean, I think the first one after the trolls episode, I listened to uh, the Yvain, the beginning of the uh, Arthurian legend stories. Oh yeah. Where he, where he rides back with the woman's head around his neck. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that I love about Jason's retelling is the fact that there is humor in it and there is, um, him looking at it through a modern point of view but at the same time he's not making fun of it there's there's a real reverence to yeah. the source material yeah, yeah that i think that i think could be lost um with with a lot of other retellings any other favorite episodes um 
Oh, gosh. You know, there was a recent episode of a Filipino folktale oh. about a turtle and a monkey. And I listened to it, and I thought this would be a good one to uh, share with my kids. Oh, and as we got into it, it just got more and more violent and grotesque. <laughs> and it was fantastic, but it's like there's no way I could let my kids listen to this. <laughs> You know, yeah. maybe another year or two. Right. You know, I, I bought classic Greek and Roman legends to read aloud book like about a year ago. I've been trying to like read a, read aloud the legends to the kids. You know, you you have these ideas as a dad of these perfect moments that you can kind of like create. But oh yeah, as soon as I start, you know, it's kind of like the questions just overwhelm you. It's just you know what I mean. <laughs> it's just <laughs> well, especially at, especially at bedtime. Can I have a flying horse? <laughs> but what do you think Hades is like, really? It's like Costco on a Saturday. I used to tell Beckett the story of Beowulf. <laughs> I realized I realized a monster with a hand grip of 30 men ripping people's arms off is maybe not the, uh, <laughs> not the, the, the best bedtime <laughs> routine. Another feature I like of the show is uh, where he does his Monster of the Week. You know, I think it's I think it's a nice little bookend. Although yeah. a lot of times I end up skipping it. Really? Uh, because I'm just I'm I'm really just into into getting the uh, the kind of the long form tales. Yeah. And I mean, what I love about it is you know hits the same kind of dopamine. Yeah. That my uh, my audiobook obsession has only without having to listen for yeah. sixteen hours straight. <laughs> So you've been skipping the monsters. I was going to ask you if you had a favorite monster from the monster bookend. Mine. You know, there um, there was one that I don't remember the name of the monster, but it was this uh, this Japanese demon that would suck the souls of of people, and it had inhabited this priest. And the guy came to to the priest to find how to uh, get rid of this demon, and <laughs> the demon. Actually, was the priest who ended up uh, devouring his soul, I believe. Oh. And I liked I liked that one because it was it was the one of the few creatures of the week that was actually wrapped up in a story itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does kind of just drop them off, doesn't he? It's like like the Akanami, the filth liquor, and he just tells you a little bit about it. And it does kind of like you're thinking, oh, but now I want to know where that's come from. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But that's good. It leaves you wanting more. Isn't that perfect? Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, thanks, Jeff. What do you give this? You give this show Myths and Legends from Jason and Carissa Weiser. I'm going to give it five stars, two thumbs up. I think I'd probably give it a five stars with a uh, Siege Perilous. A, a what? That's the, that's the scene at Arthur's Round Table, that if you're not worthy to sit in it, you'll be murdered. Oh, Siege Perilous. Oh, that's that's going to be tough for me to make that sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's Galahad's seat. Galahad's seat. Oh, so if you steal Galahad's seat, you're dead. If you steal Galahad's seat, you're dead. That's, that's the moral of the story. Oh, you know what? I've got that sound effect. This looks like a nice comfy chair. <laughs> there you go. That's Galahad's chair for myths and legends. And I think it's a great show, and I'm uh, also going to give it a lightning bolt and uh, a message from Zeus. Great job!
9.15 p.m. Andy and Hedge have the munchies. Fortunately there are food trucks at hand. One in particular catches their attention. La Petite Poutine. That's the one. The duck poutine. The fries are cooked in duck fat. The curds are fried in duck fat. It comes with a big wedge of pulled duck on top, just dripping with juices and gravy. Yeah. Two duck poutine, mon frere. No. We're out. Bullshit! He's always out of the duck. What you say? Uh, I think he thinks the duck is a scam. I think he's a scam! He'll take the bacon. He always take the bacon. You going to get one? I don't know. I'm starting to feel some bad vibes about it. Order something or go. Okay, okay. I'll take the, uh, bacon. Curds? Yeah. And extra bacon. Always with the extra bacon. Just don't take all my napkins this time. One time! I had a nosebleed. I took, like, three extra napkins. Honestly. And dude, the food is pretty fucking messy. Everyone takes extra napkins. This is such bullshit. The amount of times I come here, he should have my picture up. I'm for sure putting his kids through college. You did wrong, man. I don't have kids. Poutine is my family. Ah, I get it now. You see, you eat his family. Deep fried in duck fat and covered in gravy. And you, what do you want? Uh... Just a Coke, please. I, I don't want to eat your family. Okay. Just a Coke for Les Anglais. You want any lemon? Or lime? What are you trying to say? Are you commenting on his ethnicity? No, it's okay. I, I think he just wants to know if I want a lemon slice in my Coke. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You sorry, man. You always sorry. What is that even supposed to mean? Here's your bacon. With extra bacon. Thank you, sir. A pleasure and a delight, as always. Hey, look at this. It's like all bacon. There's barely any poutine. That is some minuscule poutine. Bastard. Hey, what are you doing? Here, take these napkins. Run! Hey, come back! I got some duck poutine for you, you lamy kumquat I scum! That's it. It's a wrap. Next week, I'm getting political and reviewing Chap or Trap House and Pod Save America with my buddy Claxton. The jazz for the show is provided by Mario Rom's Interzone. Seriously, they are producing modern classics, essential albums for your collection. Go and check them out. I'll make it easy for you. I'll put a link up on my show page. The podcasting podcast is sponsored by the American Shoe Council. Over 40,000 years of bipedal history. Shoes. How else are you going to protect your feet? You're going to use hollowed out trenches of stale bread like George R.R. R. Martin? That might work in Santa Fe, sitting around, not writing books. But the rest of us need something less prone to crumble. Please send comments and recommendations to Andy's Podcaster Podcast at Gmail. And please subscribe to the show.
Thanks for listening. Bye.